0: Welcome back to the Reading Blues podcast, the place to find out more about the school and to connect with staff, pupils and parents at a deeper level. Each week we'll be interviewing people within the school community, asking them questions and spending time understanding more about them and more about the school. In this episode, we step into the headmaster's office and speak to Pete Thomas. We're about to find out how his first year as headmaster has been, how he's coped being a head during Covid, and what some of the common misconceptions are about the role of headmaster. But we also find out what he likes to do when he's not at school and whether or not he enjoys 80s music. What do you think? So come with me as we explore the world of Reading Bluecoat through the eyes of Pete Thomas. Pete, thank you for joining us here on the Reading Blues podcast. Uh, I'm really looking forward to talking to you today. But first of all, how are you?
1: Simon, thank you very much. It's good to talk to you too. I am feeling very well. Thank you very much. Two weeks until the end of term, lots to do, but um, excited for the next two weeks to come.
0: It's always a little bit manic, isn't it? The last two weeks of term. Um, how's it looking at uh, Reading Bluecoat right now?
1: Uh, there's lots going on. We've just started activities week, and that's a sort of a week of, of fun and uh, leadership training and all sorts of challenging activities for the pupils. Uh, and then we go into the final week. Uh, I, I do remember this time as a, as a pupil being the best. The best weeks of the year, I think, as a teacher mm-hmm. and certainly as a headmaster, there's, there's a lot to do uh, in order to make those things happen. So mm-hmm. a different perspective, but great fun nevertheless.
0: Well, it's true, isn't it, that all school staff, for sure, earn their school holidays. And this is like just the last push before the school holidays start. N- not meaning, of course, that, that school staff don't do anything at all during school holidays, but it is an opportunity at least to take the foot off the pedal a little bit.
1: Oh, most definitely. And, and very important, too. So I, I don't think uh, anybody can work. Uh, in the way that staff do for you know 365 days a year they, they've they earned mm. their holidays most certainly this year. Mm.
0: So in this episode we're going to be looking at school life through your eyes but first of all I'd love to understand a little bit more about your own education so where you went to school and what your own experience was like of being at school.
1: Yeah uh, I, I grew up in Horsham went to a primary school uh, Aronside had a wonderful time uh, loved the staff I remember them very fondly Great headmaster there, Frank Morris, and then on to um, secondary school at Tanbridge House, which is a, a comprehensive school. And again, I think uh, my experience of, of those five years was fantastic. Good friends, wonderful staff, uh, lots of opportunities that were provided. And then uh, I went to sixth form college in Horsham as well mm-hmm. um, before heading on to university. School for me was a, a very, very happy time, I'm pleased to say.
0: Hmm. And which university did you go to after school?
1: So I had a gap year and then went up to Durham uh, and studied geology.
0: Okay, right, excellent. So tell us a little bit about school life through your eye through your eyes. Uh, you've been at the school, of course, for a number of years, but only one year as headmaster. Talk us through a little bit about how that first year as headmaster has been for you.
1: Well, the year has been—it's uh, gone so very, very fast, and it'll be enjoyable to have. Uh, a few weeks in the summer holidays just to reflect on those uh, I think and and think about everything that's happened. I, I was struck very early on by the different perspective that being headmaster has on, on how the school runs mm-hmm. uh, and what it's like. It's a great perspective uh, as you say I've been here for a little while now this is my sixth year I had five years as second master which was a, a lot of fun uh, as well a job I really enjoyed but you you get down into the weeds uh, of the school and the, the day-to-day operational side of things and the headmaster um, my role is to is to try and sit above that a little bit and, and have a wider perspective um, on the school which has been uh, you know enlightening uh, informative a- exciting um, mm-hmm. uh, as well so it's been a great year thank you for asking and uh, I realize there's, there's lots to do and lots I want to do It's gone, as I say, enormously quickly, but um, Mm. by and large, very, very happily.
0: Mm. Now, sometimes, of course, people join a school as a new headmaster. But as you mentioned, you've been at the school as second master for five years beforehand. How do you Mm. think that that experience of you being in the school already helps you for this role?
1: I think that certainly helping me for the role to know the school, uh, what it's like, ethos behind it I mean you can get a sense of that before you come into a school with the research that you might do but but actually to I suppose to live and breathe the school for five years has been really helpful to know the staff uh, has been uh, wonderfully helpful as well and for the staff to know me and Mm -hmm. what I'm like I think that's important Mm -hmm. Uh, I hope it's a good thing for the staff Mm -hmm. Um, and indeed to know the, the the parents and the pupils who are fundamentally the, the pupils are what a school is about uh, and the parents are they're massively invested in all sorts of ways in their son or daughter's education here and so to have uh, a relationship already with a large portion of of them has been uh, a good thing for for me so I think it's been really helpful to have known the school before taking over the headship and particularly mm-hmm. in this year is with COVID um, I think to hit the ground running as as you'd have to do arguably there'd be a huge amount of firefighting uh, and that would have been much much harder had I not known the, the school in in any way beforehand. Hmm.
0: Are there any downsides to not coming in from another school and if so what sort of steps could you take to sort of address those?
1: Well yeah, hopefully um, hopefully people are uh, you're pleased to have me in in as, as, as from second master to, to headmaster but you know five years here I'll have made some mistakes and they'll they'll see those mistakes and they'll know my um my little foibles and my, mm-hmm. my strengths and indeed my weaknesses uh, but that's that's a healthy thing i, I think knowing uh, knowing people well uh, and 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 working with them is uh is an important part of the process i think in in this situation there aren't particular downsides um, uh, to me being here but I, I suppose five years is enough time to get to know the school well, but still to have ideas about what you want to do, and therefore looking at things as I've already mentioned with a fresh perspective, but also with with relatively fresh eyes. Mm. But I suppose um, it could be argued that uh, you're coming in with a completely new vision for the school, or a completely new set of eyes, can also be beneficial um, uh, to it. And I, I think if if that were if that were true, then what I'd what I'd want to make sure is that it changes improvements, uh, things that we wanted to do. It, it, it's, uh, it's not one person's effort. It's not one person's ideas. There's a team around me, a great senior leadership team, their staff and the students and the parents. So um, there is consultation and discussion that happens before uh, big things are, uh, are, are changed or improved or whatever it might be. So um, it's not just one person's vision. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a team effort.
0: And in what ways is the role different to that of second master? You know, what, what things have you needed to let go and to entrust into other people uh, in the team?
1: I suppose the, the day-to-day operation of the school comes down to the second master. And that's now um, Ed Tralinski, who's already done his, his podcast, uh, as yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, And so he's picked up the reins from me. What I found difficult probably is letting some of that that go. I think that's... You know, a couple of reasons for that. One, I really enjoyed it um, mm. that role, but it's also wanting to make sure that that uh, Ed doesn't take on or isn't given too much to uh, to take on at, at the same time. But mm. you know, that's that's part of the process, I, I suppose. And and as as time goes on, then uh, that that's much easier to do. I think I found the same actually when I when I came to the school as a housemaster and taking on the second master's role. Probably some some staff would say that uh, th- that I wanted to, to be involved with things in a way that that a housemaster might be, and that's not possible a second master as well in the same in the same capacity at least. So um, just taking a step back, I think, and and allowing the layers to do their work. So we've got brilliant staff right from the you know, the tutors, um, mm-hmm. the heads of year in a pastoral capacity, and the directors of section. Uh, and and allowing things to go on through those different layers is is really important and i think the same is applied to to all areas of the school so Mm. i'm trying to to learn just to to sit above and people will bring me um issues and and uh and solutions uh and we'll discuss them and and then allow them to to crack on uh Mm. with their roles
0: so tell me then about a couple of the things you may have learned over the last uh 12 months uh maybe even some things you, you might have done differently if you could go back and do the last 12 months all over again?
1: Hmm. Uh, well, I think, as I've already mentioned, I- I- increasingly aware that you, with great people in the school, just allow them to do their job. And it's not that I haven't been doing that, but it's, uh, I-, I suppose, just, just releasing them to, to crack on um, with that from the, from the get-go. Mm-hmm. and being kept kept appraised of things. I think one thing that struck me very early on is that it's difficult to communicate too much. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might say you know, there's, there's an information overload mm-hmm. and that can be true. So what I'm learning is that uh, communication is really, really important and there are some aspects of it that people need to be kept in touch Early on, uh, with appropriate levels of, of information uh, and communications, that they're they're fully in the picture, and we need to make sure that f- from a parental perspective, you know, they know what's going on with their uh, with their children, what's happening, what's coming up, what are the issues, uh, and, and again, that's you know different layers communicate at, at, at different levels, so uh, pastoral communication or, or operational communication that comes from different people, uh, I'm. I'm thinking about um, uh, last year's I- exams and uh, the, uh, the centre assessed grades and uh, wanted to make sure that this summer uh, everything that we do for parents is uh, as well communicated um, as possible so that they understand what's happening um, and, uh, and we can support them and their, their children through what I hope will be a, a, a painless process.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that just because something's been said doesn't necessarily mean that it's been heard and certainly not being heard by all the people that need to hear it. So, yeah, it's interesting you say about it not being possible to communicate too much.
1: Yeah, I think so. And um, hopefully what we say is, is well communicated the first time. But uh, just to, to, to reinforce uh, the messages that we want to get through uh, is really important.
0: And then you mentioned about the exams. I mean, to what extent are you finding at the moment that parents do have a level of concern that a repeat of last year, I'm thinking about government levels, might happen? And and is there a level of assurance that the school's needing to find a way to give to parents like that?
1: I think um, the centre of assessed grades have been a very contentious issue for, for schools. And uh, I think there was a, a level of guidance given by the government, but that has been, I suppose, interpreted and and dealt with in different ways by different schools. So actually, there, uh, there's a very wide ranging um, variation in how schools have have gone about the process. And we've we've always wanted to make sure that um, we uh, give the students the very best opportunity to uh, display their their skills and and knowledge, uh, but at the same time make the uh, the process. Um, something that we can justify because mm. um, you know, we, we will be called to account for um, the results that we put in. So when um, lockdown happened and um, it was announced that uh, we would be having centre-assessed grades and, and no formal exams, that was a, a very stressful time for parents and um, mm. uh, we tried to communicate that uh, clearly, lots of questions that um, that I and particularly our, our director of s- uh, studies, our, our academic deputy Rob Tidbury, uh, fielded, uh, and indeed other staff too, uh, about how we would would go about that process. And that mm. um, I hope that we allayed many of the fears then. But of course, as we come to the results uh, days, which are slightly earlier this year in um, early August, mm-hmm. then there will be a, a level of um, apprehension from both pupils and indeed parents uh, about how that process is going to to play out so Hmm. we're in the process of uh, gathering together our our communication for that now.
0: Now of course we can't really look at the last 12 months without mentioning the 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 COVID word Um, and clearly that's had a had a big impact on on all lives around the world but how did it impact your role as headmaster at the school?
1: I I said when I started uh, to staff COVID isn't something that um that will impact on on the motivation for our work, you know, the mm. desire to look after and nurture young people, uh, and indeed to, to educate them. But it will impact on our our systems, the day to day way that we can do that, and and that has been a uh, absolutely true. It's been a massive impact. It, we are in the business of communicating to people, and that communication happens in all sorts of different ways. But one way in which we've been prevented is from you, that, that proximity, we've been pushed apart from, from one another, both within the, in the common room, uh, within the classroom, needing to keep our distance, and that's, that's uncomfortable. That's not uh, what people are about. Mm. We need those uh, relationships. So it's been harder to build uh, th- those bonds um, with the pupils, indeed uh, with the staff, We're very conscious of the, um, the new staff coming to school, that it's been a, a very different world, Uh, blue coat school that they've come into um so we've tried hard to to keep that those relationships strong Mm -hmm. um between teacher and and pupil and between uh staffing bodies but the fact that we've had to wear masks um in the classrooms has Mm. been difficult the fact that we've uh been bubbles in Mm -hmm. so different year groups you don't really interact with one another in the way that we would love them to and have done in the past and mm-hmm. indeed will do in the future uh, the fact that we've we've got our one-way systems and everything is very different simon um mm-hmm. a, about the school just in terms of of process and systems so that's been a that's been a big one and of course you know, we haven't been able to have those big fun events cross-country um even last week's sports day uh, which we'd really been hoping would would be um, done in a, in a different way. you know, Again, we had to do that in different year groups. So we still got mm. great stuff from it, and, and the pupils had had fun um, and some tremendous athletics going on. But it's not how we'd love it to be, uh, mm. all those those big school events, which make a, a huge difference. And they're, they're things that, that many of us will remember from our school days.
0: Now, I wonder whether you can just tell us a, l- a few of the common misconceptions that people sometimes might have about a headmaster and of course now that you're doing this job how you could dispel those misconceptions
1: <laughs> um well I suppose a, a misconception could be that the headmaster knows everything um I think the fact that I've been uh, here for five years already um will have uh, dispelled that myth long ago for uh, <laughs> uh, staff and parents this, this headmaster certainly doesn't know everything but um I, I I think a, a lesson that I was I was taught uh, many years ago. If you don't if you don't know an answer, then um, you probably know somebody who does. And mm. um, and so there are there are, as I've already mentioned, great senior leadership team here who uh, I very much enjoy working with. Great staff, and that's not just the, the the teaching staff. We've got about ninety teaching staff, and we've got well over a hundred um, support staff who have been. Absolutely, you know, working their socks off this year to ensure that everything uh, runs smoothly, and, and without them, uh, it would just fall to pieces. So, um, mm. you know, uh, you th- the, the secretarial staff just to think of, um, about Katie, who supports me. Uh, there are so many things that she's pointed me in the right direction, saying y- you'll need to do this coming up, so uh, better get yourself prepared, and mm. and so on, and so on. So, uh, you know, misconception number one uh, headmasters know everything, uh, mm-hmm. they don't. And I, I think certainly, you know, we're, we're not the fount of uh, of all wisdom um, uh, either. Uh, and decisions, ultimately, the buck stops uh, with me. Uh, and yet, there's a lot of consultation that goes into uh, you know m- many of the decisions. I don't know whether this is a misconception, but yeah, you know, certainly take things to heart. Um, I, I care very deeply about the school and the pupils in the school, and um, you know, things that that difficult. Situations that arise are not easy ones to, to sort through. So uh, there are, uh, I suppose, a slightly different perspective on, on things now is needing to see things from, well, I suppose necessarily seeing things from not just a one person or a few people perspective, but also for the, the, the good of the whole school mm. and, and decisions uh, that are taken are difficult decisions sometimes, and they're, mm. they're never taken lightly. But um, it's, mm. you know, I, I try to try to balance uh, the pros and cons and, and take what I believe is a is the right decision for for the individual, but also for the uh, for the good of the school. And um, mm. uh, and that's, you know, that's sometimes that's sometimes hard.
0: Uh, thank you for that, and thank you for giving us that insight as well, Peter. Got a couple of quick questions just for you. Actually, nothing mm. at all to do with school. When you're not in school, how do you enjoy spending your time?
1: Um, f- four boys, um, all of whom <laughs> love their sports. So, uh, yeah, lots of, lots of rugby, football, cricket, concerts, plays, um, mm-hmm. just general family stuff. Living on site's mm-hmm. been wonderful. So, um, uh, you know, able to to enjoy the school facilities and just get out outside and have a bit of fun rather too often i'm trying to find our dog arthur who's uh disappeared somewhere into sonning uh, as <laughs> soon as the gates open he's uh, he's a goner um mm-hmm. so frustrating for the sonning residents but um, i would very grateful for the sonning buzz that have located the thomas family to their whereabouts um uh, recently uh so uh, family Dog walking and uh, and finding uh, belong to a church in Henley uh, and and well involved in that uh, and just downtime um, you know, with the family um, a little bit of little bit of reading uh, hopefully a little bit of exercise far too less uh, little this year sadly but um, something for me to address
0: what was the last good book that you read then
1: oh, um, really loving some children's uh, things with. Um, Uh, with our our boys when the world was ours by Liz Kessler is a cracking book uh, about the Holocaust uh, which read with one of our um, uh, boys Uh, out of the black shadows uh, was one I uh, read um, uh, quite recently uh, about a a chap in in Africa who member of a gang and uh, and became a Christian life transformed uh, which is a a tremendous book and
0: if you're on a four-hour car journey and you had that whole journey to 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 entertain yourself in whatever way you wanted to would you listen to the radio or would you listen to music that's on your phone would you listen to uh, maybe some of the podcast episodes in the school's recently launched channel uh, or would you use it as a chance for silence just to gather your thoughts
1: a little bit of everything i think um that's a lovely question i don't often get four-hour car journeys by myself but uh where to do so yes yeah, certainly podcasts and um podcast, of course, would have to be up there, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, lovely history podcast that I'm really enjoying listening to at the moment um, mm-hmm. called Witness History and uh, music uh, as mm-hmm. well. A uh, little bit of classic FM, a um, little bit of 80s, uh, definitely my era, a little bit of Radio 4 to keep myself abreast of the news, uh, mm-hmm. and certainly some silence just to think things through. And then if, mm-hmm. um, if our children were in the car, we definitely have some audio books um, going on. And some music, which um uh, I'd struggle to keep up with um mm. some of it anyway
0: and you mentioned eighties music i I have to ask this what's your favorite band from the eighties i
1: i don 't have a favorite band, but um i 'm ashamed to say I could probably name most eighties songs within a within a bar or two oh. uh, and you know, uh, if we had a little bit of rocky um rocky music or the power of love and i think back to um michael j fox and um uh, back to the Future Days, so many mm. things would conjure up tremendous happy memories for me. So um, mm. I, w- mm. I would associate some great songs with some some great times.
0: Fun fact about The Power of Love. There was a time when there were three songs in the top 40, which were all called The Power of Love. There was one of them, Huey Lewis in the News, of course, the one you're talking about. Yep. There was Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Yes, it was, yeah. And then there was another one sung by a woman. I'm trying to remember who that was now. I'll look it up after this episode finishes recording. Pete we need to bring this to a close in a moment but for anyone who's heard anything and might want to get in touch with the school what's the best way for them to reach out?
1: Yeah thank you Um uh, well they can of course call reception and ask to be put through to me but um the hm at rbcs.org.uk is an email that I will um, I will pick up.
0: Perfect well look Pete thank you so much for your time it's been really good talking to you and hearing uh, about life at the school through your eyes and thank you very much for for sharing your thoughts and for giving up your time and being here today. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Simon.
0: And that was Pete Thomas, headmaster at Reading Bluecoat. Thank you for coming on to this episode, Pete. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And if you'd like to get in touch, his email address is hm at rbcs.org.uk, and he'll be happy to help you. Now, this is the last episode of the Terms podcast series. It's been the first series of the new podcast channel, and we're very much looking forward to bringing more episodes back to you in September. So it would be great to know how you would like us to serve you in the next series, which guests you'd like to see brought on, what discussion points you'd like to see included. How would you like to see it change, if at all, for series two? And when will series two come out? Well, it'll be at the start of next term, but the best way to stay up to date is to follow this podcast channel. And then when that next episode is released, you'll get a small notification just to ensure that you don't miss it. But until then, thank you for listening to this episode, and we look forward to seeing you again after the break. Bye for now.